BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are witnessing a world in turmoil. October 7th, Hamas struck Israel with a deadly attack. Israel has been responding to this attack to remove Hamas. Earlier today, Israel's defense minister told ground troops at the border to get organized and be ready. Be ready for orders to advance. It's reported that Israel has amassed tens of thousands of troops at the border. Near the Gaza border, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared, We will win with all our might. Meanwhile, missiles continue to be launched from Hamas from the south and from Lebanon in the north. The IDF reports that Hamas continues to hold as hostages young children, the elderly. And while this unfolds, there's other players in this script from a variety of countries. Is, is it any coincidence that at the very same time that this attack on Israel is unfolding, that China and Russia are reinforcing their ties with one another? Is there any mistake as to what's going on even with Russia, Ukraine? We've got North Korea supplying munitions to Russia. What is a big picture to all that is going on? Joining us today, we welcome back Alex Newen. You know him as an award-winning international freelance journalist, author, researcher, educator, and consultant. He's been a frequent guest here on Crosstalk, senior editor for The New American, co-author of Crimes of the Educators, and author of Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes. He is the founder of Liberty Sentinel. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. So let's first break down this attack on Israel from ha- from Hamas. It's, it's obvious Hamas was... Alex, it was just very intentional in their attack on on the elderly and children and on Jews as a whole. Children watched their parents being killed, parents watching their children being killed, tortured. I mean, it's hard to put into words the sheer evil of Hamas. It is. It's uh, it's just absolutely barbarous. And there are several things at work here. You know, uh, one, we obviously cannot downplay the influence of Islamic theology. Mm-hmm. You look back for the last 1,500 years, this is not a new development. Uh, in fact, uh, since the time of Muhammad, Islamic armies have been running around beheading Christians and Jews. I mean, this literally was happening during the time of Muhammad as he was leading his armies. Uh, all of North Africa was essentially Christian, and they uh, they went through there and, and butchered those who refused to convert. Uh, there's reports of you know whole pyramids of decapitated heads. From there, they went up into the Iberian Peninsula, tried to take over Europe, uh, thankfully were stopped by uh, Charles Martel at the Battle of Tours, tried multiple times to go in through the uh, the other route through Vienna, thankfully were stopped uh, multiple times at the gates of Vienna as well. So this is not a new phenomenon that uh, adherence to Islam uh, brutally massacre uh, innocent people, women, children, uh, because they're Jewish and because they're Christian. But there are several other things that work here, too, that I think we need to call attention to. Uh, One of the obvious ones is why has the Biden administration continued to send billions of dollars Mm -hmm. to the sponsors of this terrorist organization? The mullahs in Iran uh, are a really, really good uh, example of this. Why does the Biden administration continue to send money to these U.N. agencies that are indoctrinating young Arab children to think of Jews? as pigs and monkeys and occupiers who need to be driven into the sea. Uh, This is very, very troubling. It's not something that the U.S. government should be doing, but uh, unfortunately it has become uh, almost typical. You know, we, we have now poured endless billions of dollars into various Arab governments that have before waged war on Israel and that will almost certainly again wage war on Israel. And uh, there, there really is no good explanation for this other than uh, that we have a real problem in uh, in Washington, D.C. And you know, I don't want to put all the blame uh, just on Washington. Of course, the, the Soviets had a long history of uh, exploiting and trying to weaponize Muslims, again, without downplaying the influence of Islamic theology. Uh, we know from a lot of different sources, including one of the highest defectors to ever leave the Soviet bloc, uh, General Ian Pachepa of Romania, that uh, him and uh, Yuri Andropov, the head of the Soviet KGB, sent thousands of communist agents into the Middle East, into the Muslim world, for the purpose of radicalizing Muslims against America and against Israel, teaching them that the U.S. was the great Satan and Israel was the little Satan and that they could have paradise if they would wage a perpetual jihad. And so we have all of this 
going into this big toxic brew of uh, madness taking hold in the Middle East, and the, the latest attack by Hamas was just the latest manifestation of this toxic brew that has been unfortunately brewing for, I mean, the immediate term, of course, several generations, but uh, long before that, if you go back to uh, the influence of Muhammad and the Islamic scriptures. Well, and then, Alex, we have another $100 million being committed yesterday by President Biden for what's called, you know, humanitarian relief for Gaza. I mean, can we really trust that money is going to be used for buying food, or is this going to go right back into the hands of Hamas? Of course it'll go back into the hands of Hamas, and of course the Biden administration knows this. I mean, the, the Hamas was producing videos showing them digging up uh, the water pipes that the Europeans paid to lay down there, and then using them to build and launch rockets at the Jews. <laughs> this is not rocket science. We've seen this over and over and over again. Every time you give them money, it goes into waging jihad on the Jews. And if they could, and then there's now serious talk of bringing a million of them here to the United States, uh, Certainly plenty of them are nice, decent people. Some of them are even Christian. But if you bring over a million Arabs from Gaza, you can almost guarantee that many of them, by the way, they voted Hamas into power, uh, will be waging jihad on Christians and Jews here in the United States. So uh, this is not new, and uh, there's no way that the Biden administration doesn't understand that a lot of that money they're sending over there is going to be diverted into more rockets, into more payments for uh, the families of fallen terrorists. It's... uh, it's incomprehensible. And and when you add to that, Jim, I mean, if, if it wasn't bad enough that they're doing all this, when you add to that the fact that the United States government has more debt than any entity in the entire history of humanity, we're literally borrowing money from our geopolitical adversaries in Beijing, the mass-murdering communist Chinese, to pay money to Hamas. Uh, you really have to wonder what in the world is yeah. going on in Washington, D.C. Indeed, indeed. And, and and some are not even happy that the president went yesterday to Israel and, and of course, verbally pledging, you know, support for Israel. But uh, it was just reported today that a, 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 a person a working, a Biden administration official right in the State Department uh, could not take it anymore. He said he uh, and resigned from the State Department, said he cannot work as the U.S. helps Israel in its war against the Hamas terrorist group. Uh, we have seen the uprising of Rashida Tlaib and 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 her. I mean, spewing forth uh, fake news about uh, the IDF, uh, Israeli Defense Forces, bombing a hospital, uh, and, and tears flowing from her. Evidently, she's walking back some of the words today. No apology, though. Uh, we've got the you know we have an insurrection taking place at the U.S. Capitol, though they're not calling it an insurrection. Uh, uh, with with. Uh, 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 Palestinian pro-Palestinians uh, that are waving the flags and 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 uh, you know from the river to the sea Palestine will be free uh, etc cetera, etc cetera. we've got some severe problems in this nation we do Jim and this is just the domestic manifestation of a global phenomenon that's frequently been referred to in recent years as the red green axis yes we have an alliance of communists and Islamists and on the surface, you wouldn't think they'd have a lot in common, right? The communists are officially godless. The Islamists officially worship Allah, who's described in their scriptures as the greatest of deceivers, which is um, interesting terminology to refer to a deity. Of course, the Bible refers to Satan as the father of lies. It's a very interesting uh, side note there. But when you really dig down into the goals of the communists and the goals of the Islamists, they do have a common enemy, and I think that explains this bizarre alliance that you see. Uh, the common enemy, of course, is Christ, um, God's people, the church, and the Jews. <laughs> so uh, that is how I think you can make sense of this otherwise seemingly incomprehensible alliance where mm-hmm. you have people like uh, the squad, right? Uh, people yeah. like uh, Somali refugee Ilhan Omar, and then people like AOC. You know, what, what's the connection other than that they're women? Right? Well, uh, one is a, a Marxist, one is, is an Islamist, and so therefore they have this common enemy that is uh, Christ, Christianity, the greatest Christian nation that's ever lived, uh, Israel, of course. And at, at some point, I imagine their coalition will fall apart. It's a very bizarre coalition. I mean, at the same time, you have homosexual activists in this coalition, mm-hmm. knowing full well that if the Islamists could get their hands on them, they'd throw them off a building right. and things like this. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense on the surface, but Rich Higgins, the director of policy and planning at the National Security Council under Donald Trump, uh, really hit the nail on the head in his now infamous um, Higgins memo. It's only seven pages long. He explained this global alliance. He said it was Marxists, socialists, communists, Islamists, globalists, all united on one point 
That is the destruction of the United States of America, not just as a nation, but also as an ideal, and then by extension, Israel as well. So I believe that's what we're facing. Uh, we do have people who want perpetual war. They want this to become a global conflagration for the purpose of further advancing their globalist agenda. And uh, and all this cooking at the same time, and unfortunately, it's being manifested in our very capital with uh, this uh, insurrection that we just saw yesterday. And let's bring some other nations into this. Uh, analysts are indicating that Hamas terrorists likely used weapons uh, provided by North Korea during the attack on Israel. Uh, also being reported that rocket-making material uh, last month, September, was shipped from Turkey to Gaza. Uh, do we likely have North Korean and Turkey involvement in this? Uh, no question. Uh, and, and unfortunately, what you have here is this very significant global alliance. You know, we just talked about yes. the domestic component of it that is, is, of course, getting stronger with our open borders. But around the world, and, and you see this so clearly at the United Nations, they just had a, a moment of silence. Uh, right after the, the uh, massacre of Jews in southern Israel, you had a moment of silence for the Palestinian victims. And uh, you had all of these communist, socialist, kleptocratic regimes and all of these Islamist regimes joining in on the literally like two days after hundreds of Jews were slaughtered. Um, it, it's very hard, I think, for your average American to make sense of this. It's not really being reported in the media. But if you take a look at the United Nations and their member states, so you have organizations, for example, like the G77 plus China, which is a very, very powerful organization, controls more than two-thirds of the votes in the General Assembly. Uh, they were led by the, quote-unquote, Palestinian state just a couple years ago. Right now, they're actually led by the Cuban dictatorship. So here you have, I mean, the Palestinian state is not even a thing, right? The, the Palestinian nation is a fiction. These are Arabs, just like the Arabs on the other side of the border with Egypt or the Arabs on the other side of the border with Iraq or Syria or Jordan. Um, so you have this, this fictional entity leading this incredibly powerful alliance with communist China, purports to have the vast majority of the people of the world under its rule, uh, openly celebrating their partnership together at the United Nations. So we should not be surprised at all to see the North Koreans and the Cubans and the South Africans and the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians yes. openly siding with Hamas and helping them. So let's bring Iran into the picture, as you just mentioned them. Uh, we have Iran who, who uh, you know, has been, uh, uh, you know, we just have to unfreeze these assets for them. I, the, the Biden administration has been wanting to broker this, uh, you know, put back into place the so-called Iran deal. Uh, their fingerprints are all over this, are they not? They are. Uh, and, you know, Iran is a very, very powerful player. I think a lot of Americans don't realize that just because Iran is so poor. Uh, they don't realize that the influence of these mullahs extends all over the Middle East. Uh, they've got front groups operating in Yemen. They've got front groups operating in Gaza, like the Hamas. They've got the Hezbollah uh, operating out of Lebanon. Uh, they are supporting terror movements around the world. They've got operatives all over Latin America. I mean, Venezuela right now is crawling with Iranian and Hezbollah operatives. So this is a global problem. This is a regime of terror that has a tentacle spread out all over the world. And by the way, is in very close alliance with the Russians and with the communist Chinese. So this is a, a very serious global problem. And uh, how in the world the Biden administration can justify pouring fuel on this dumpster fire by sending billions of dollars to these mullahs who ruthlessly persecute Christians and Jews in Iran and, of course, in Israel is beyond me. Friends, we've got more to unfold in our next segment, so stay with us. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Alex Newman is our guest today. We're discussing a world in turmoil, but giving you the big picture. We'll be back with more in just one minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, did the fossils take millions and millions of years to form? Chris, we're all taught this, but in some ways this doesn't seem to make sense. We find millions and billions of well-preserved fossils, such as fish, showing scales and tiny bones. Yet when a fish dies, it flows to the surface or it sinks to the bottom where it's eaten by scavengers or quickly decays. In order for it to be preserved, it's got to be buried rapidly away from destructive processes. It seems obvious that fossils must be buried quickly by water action, and what can do that? I propose the great flood of Noah's day. The fossils, by and large, are animals that died in the flood, laid down in sediments deposited by the flood. Yes, indeed, Chris, the flood is the key. It's the flood mentioned back in Genesis. To find out more about creation science, 
visit us on the web at www.icr.org. That's www.icr.org. World in Turmoil, the big picture. We're speaking with Alex Newman today. He is senior editor for The New American. Their website, thenewamerican.com, thenewamerican.com, and also libertysentinel.org. Friends, they cover so many different issues, so many different stories. And uh, if you really want to uh, be informed, and, uh, you know, sometimes I, I hear from people, I say, well, it was not on CNN. It was not on ABC. It can't be true. Or what you're saying is opposed to what they were saying. Folks, you got to get the big picture. you got to wake up. you got to take your head out of the, out of the sand here and um, uh, certainly become aware of what is taking place. Uh, be understanding of the times in which we live. Uh, check it out, thenewamerican.com, libertysentinel.org. Uh, Alex, we're, we're talking about uh, certainly the, uh, we're going to be looking at the world as a whole. There is so much that is breaking forth at this time. But I see that uh, that there is uh, this, uh, uh, the uh, Spanish Minister of Social Rights uh, who is calling on the Spanish government. They want to petition the International Criminal Court to investigate Benjamin Netanyahu. Why? Over alleged planned genocide in the Gaza region. It's not what Hamas has done. It's what Benjamin Netanyahu is planning to do. Yeah, this is um, hard to fathom. And yet uh, it's, it's very typical of what we're going to see going forward. This uh, International Criminal Court uh, is really uh, a kangaroo court in the truest sense of the term. Uh, they don't recognize any of the uh, rights that are enshrined, of course, in our U.S. Constitution. Uh, it historically has been a tool of dictators and kleptocrats. It really has no legitimacy. But um, this is not surprising in light of this global red-green axis that we were just talking about. And unfortunately, we're seeing it manifested now uh, in Europe. We're seeing it manifested uh, around the world. Now, thankfully, the the U.S. government has never uh, ratified the Rome Statute, which created the ICC, so we are still technically not members. But um, what you see from the uh, the ICC is that they like to pretend like they have universal jurisdiction. Now, the Israelis have never signed on to this ICC, so in theory, the ICC should have no jurisdiction over anyone in Israel, uh, other than perhaps citizens of other nations that have uh, signed up for this ICC. And yet we see this continually, this effort to... Uh, totally pervert justice and drag Americans and Israelis before this kangaroo court. It's very, very dangerous. And when you look at the ICC itself, uh, one of the issues is it claims universal jurisdiction. Uh, they claim that anybody on the planet needs to be subject to their jurisdiction, even if their own government has not signed on to this. Another thing that you see is that uh, the prosecutor actually works for the court, the judges. It's all one big thing. And uh, it is, of course, a tool in the hands of, for example, the United Nations and the member states that make up the United Nations. All you have to do is look at the member states that make up the United Nations. What you'll find very quickly is a lot of them are mass-murdering dictatorships. A lot of them are Islamist regimes. A lot of them are communist regimes. The idea that an American or an Israeli should be put on trial in a kangaroo court with uh, members of the Communist Party of China, members of the Communist Party of Cuba as judges it is simply preposterous. And yet, unfortunately, our young people are being trained to to see this as a legitimate institution. And uh, and this is very, very dangerous. You know, I, I've got questions about Netanyahu, too. I wonder why did he force uh, everybody in Israel to take these COVID injections? But, yep. um, and, you know, interestingly, uh, the population of Israel uh, has now uh, really expressed their displeasure with him and the government. Uh, the overwhelming majority, uh, according to a recent poll reported on in the Jerusalem Post, want him to resign. So, uh, you know, he's in a very tough spot himself. But the idea that uh, the, the elected leader of the people of Israel should be hauled before a kangaroo court uh, is disgusting. It's odious. And, and it just, I think, lends more urgency to the idea that we need to disband this uh, this ICC kangaroo court and, uh, and nip this in the bud. We've got some, you know, uh, shopkeeping to do here as well, Alex. Uh, I, I just saw as well the Daily Wire reporting about the U.S. Immigration Enforcement Agency hired a former spokeswoman for the PLO and put her in a position to determine who gets to come into the country as an immigrant or asylum seeker. Now the Department of Homeland Security officer is repeatedly posting pictures of Hamas terrorists parachuting in with guns and, and writing expletives against Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. Uh, this is N- uh, Nejwa Ali. 
uh, worked in 2016 and 2017 as a public affairs officer for the Palestinian delegation to the U.S. And uh, evidently this was disbanded by the Trump administration, but somehow under the Biden administration has landed a job with the Department of Homeland Security as an asylum officer. Yeah, no surprise, unfortunately. This is uh, par for the course. Uh, in fact, I, I've spoken with many people uh, who have served uh, in the highest levels of the State Department, political appointees, and what they tell me is that the bureaucracy in the State Department is completely dominated by anti-American, anti-Israel, anti-freedom, anti-Constitution forces um, that are incidentally very friendly to the Communist Party of China and uh, the, the various Arab dictatorships. And the PLO is, is another really good example of what we started off the program talking about. Uh, the PLO was created with Soviet support. It, it's a perfect example of this red-green axis. In fact, when they were originally founded, there weren't even a lot of references to uh, religion or Islam. It was basically just a straight communist organization. And so now it's very difficult to see where the line is between the communists and the Islamists. Uh, I, I think Americans really need to understand that this is not just some threat far away on the other side of the world. This isn't just something that the Israelis are facing. This threat is now within our borders. It's operating within our government. And we have really got our work cut out for us here to, to try to weed out uh, these people from our government if and when you know patriotic, God-fearing Americans ever do regain control of the federal government. Yeah, both from our government and, Alex, who has come across our borders? You know, what, what cells are being, you know, set up here in the United States as well, just waiting for their command to, uh, to bring about chaos in cities all across this nation? Yep. And and I believe that's a very real prospect. You know, a lot of us looked on in horror at what just happened in southern Israel. Uh, I don't believe it's far-fetched that we could see something similar in the United States of America, except they wouldn't even have to cross the border because they're already here, right? right? right. Uh, they are, uh, we, we've had now numerous battalions worth of foreign jihadists, uh, Chinese special forces, Venezuelan military, Cuban military, intelligence officers, jihadists from Sunni countries and Shia countries, all coming across the border. And a lot of them, uh, you know, they, they are just living normal lives right now. They're, they've got instructions to, to not even get a speeding ticket or a party, parking ticket and go find a job as a busboy or as a chef in a, a Chinese restaurant or whatever it is. And when the command comes, that's when they're activated. We have these sleeper cells now all over the country. Yeah. Uh, they, a lot of them have blueprints for our water treatment facilities, our sewage treatment facilities, our power plants, our critical infrastructure. Uh, in many cases, they've infiltrated our government at the highest levels. We've got Islamist people working at the highest levels of the executive branch and even in Congress. Uh, Congress is interesting because a lot of these people on the Intelligence uh, Committee and the Armed yeah. Forces Committee, I mean, these people couldn't get a, a background check of security clearance to step foot on a military base, and yet they're being given access to the most sensitive intelligence our government is producing. Uh, the U.S. is, to put it very bluntly, in grave danger, and uh, what just happened in southern Israel unfortunately, may uh, be coming to our shores sooner than any of us would like to admit. We're speaking with Alex Newman today, thenewamerican.com. Alex, uh, let's let's bring in, we've mentioned China, we've mentioned Russia, but we have to understand what is going on. So much of the attention is going on with Israel right now, and, and rightly so, we need to focus on what's going on there. But there are other things that are lurking. China and Russia are, are really engaging with one another in intense ways. They're reinforcing their ties. Uh, China's uh, belt and Road Forum has been underway. You've been warning about this for some time. Others are saying, huh, what is that? So let's let's talk about the Belt and Road Forum. Let's talk about those ties being strengthened between Russia and China at this time. Yeah, so Russia and China have been very, very close allies from the beginning. Uh, one of the most important Soviet defectors to ever come to the Western world was named Anatoly Golichin. He was working in Department D of the KGB, and he explained that the KGB had a whole department dedicated to disinformation. And one of the big disinformation operations that they directed at the West was this ridiculous idea of a Sino-Soviet split, that somehow the Chinese communists and the Soviet Russian communists were, were having disagreements. And so that's the excuse that globalists and deep state people within our government, a lot of them at the Council on Foreign Relations, used to variously support the different sides. Hey, we should help China because they have a disagreement with Russia. We should help Russia because they got a disagreement with China. Uh, it was absolute foolishness. It was absolute disinformation. Uh, the, the Moscow and Beijing have been very close allies from the start. That alliance continues to this day, and uh, we need to be very aware of that. 
Now, you mentioned the uh, the Belt and Road. Oh, let me add one more thing to that. This sure. is a very high-level defector, Anatoly Golichin. Uh, I encourage people to read his books if they're interested in this. Uh, they're profound and very significant. Uh, he made a series of uh, about 205 very specific predictions. And uh, most of those, in fact, almost all of those have come true. He gave names. He warned that they were going to bring down the Berlin Wall. He warned that uh, Soviet communism would apparently collapse, but that the communists would remain in charge. Uh, Putin, of course, in Exhibit A, right, the former head of the KGB, is now uh, running the government. So uh, this is exactly what happened in most of the former communist states. The, the communists remained in power. They just rebranded themselves. They became the Socialist Party. They became businessmen, and they bought up state assets for pennies on the dollar. So all of these people are still in place. None of them were punished. Right a- After we stopped the Nazis, we put their leaders on trial, and uh, many of them were executed. After the alleged collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, the communists just rebranded. Not one single one of them was put in jail for millions of murders, for concentration camps, for gulags, for torture, for any of it. That does not make any sense. And he said the final prediction, the final, the grand finale, if you will, the 205th prediction, was that when the time was right, there would be what he described as a second October revolution, where the mask would drop and the world would be brought under a global system very much in line with the communist Chinese system and the Soviet system, where, in, you know, in the words of the communists, humanity would be liberated, uh, but you know, in the words of anybody who has any sense, humanity would be enslaved under a one-world system. So I believe they're working very rapidly toward that goal, and unfortunately they have a very powerful fifth column in the United States, and they have friends and allies at the highest levels of our government. So now let's let's turn to this Belt and Road Initiative. The the Communist Chinese have been doing this fairly openly, even though you haven't heard much about it from the U.S. media for years now. And we had the old cliche, all roads lead to Rome. Mm -hmm. Well, under the new world order that they are building, George Soros actually said the Communist Chinese should own the new world order, like the United States owned the previous order. He said that in an interview with the Financial Times, all roads would lead to Beijing. And so you have this incredible network of infrastructure, trade, business deals, where everything flows back to Beijing. Uh, It's hard to overstate the danger of this. Uh, Our government is fully aware of it, and yet they uh, not only don't do anything, they they help this process along. Uh, Some of the most senior people in the State Department were openly celebrating the fact that the Communist Chinese were playing a greater role within the international system, the United Nations. Uh, this is not just foolishness, it's suicidal from an American perspective, and unfortunately um, it's very dangerous for Israel as well. Um, you unfortunately have some uh, very, in my opinion, naive, maybe worse, voices within Israel that are actually advocating for closer ties with China as this um, this One Belt, One Road initiative rolls out. Uh, and this was a big issue when I was there. Uh, some years ago, I had an opportunity to meet with uh, a lot of their key members in the Knesset, and uh, they were having a conference about communist Chinese organ harvesting, and some very senior people within the Israeli government tried to pressure them not to do this because they didn't want to anger the Chinese. Uh, very, very dangerous. This whole situation is dangerous to freedom, it's dangerous to Christians, it's dangerous to the United States of America and to Israel, and uh, we at the very least ought to be paying attention here. Alex Newman with us here today, friends, up against a break, a uh, quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some other issues that are going on. Uh, and then we're going we're to sew all these things, loose ends together as well. But uh, we've got uh, certainly the, the Russian-Ukraine war that continues on. We've got the Biden administration now easing oil sanctions on Venezuela as well. And uh, is that more negotiating with with uh, the enemy of the United States, those who want to undo what the United States what the United States is and stands for? And uh, friends, stay with us. We'll be back in one minute. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Nearly every common behavioral problem is considered to be a disease in American culture today: gambling, overeating, and certainly drugs and alcohol. But God's Word lovingly tells us the truth about the very heart of addiction. Yet the Bible is a neglected resource for those who suffer from these so-called addictions. One of the reasons for this is that people choose to believe the theories and ideas of mankind that the disease renders them powerless to overcome the problem. However, a Christian is not powerless and has the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to enable them to say no to choices that will mentally enslave them. 
In the book, The Heart of Addiction, biblical counselor Mark Shaw confronts these life-dominating sins and provides biblical tools to help us examine our heart's motives at the root of addiction and how to obtain victory. The Heart of Addiction is available for a donation of $15 or more to VCY America. Ask for it when you call 1-800-729-9829. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Alex Newman is our guest here today. He is senior editor for The New American, thenewamerican.com. Also does extensive work at Liberty Sentinel, libertysentinel.org. Alex, you covers so many different issues uh, uh, from, from the economy to education to current world events, uh, uh, politics, the whole realm. Uh, and really, you've got a couple of great sites here to, to keep people informed on many issues. Yeah, well, I appreciate that so much, uh, Jim. Thank you. And uh, so my personal website, LibertySentinel.org, is where I try to post uh, at least a representative sampling of all the stuff that I'm doing and the stuff that I consider important, things that people send me. Uh, we do send out a, a free newsletter twice a week if anybody wants to stay on top of these issues. It's uh, LibertySentinel.org. And then uh, The New American, uh, I serve as senior editor there. Great publication. Comes out twice a month for subscribers. And then we also offer a free newsletter. You can get it daily, weekly, or monthly depending on uh, how up to speed you want to be on current events um, from uh, a realistic perspective rather than the the propaganda spin Mm -hmm. of the the fake media. Yeah, thenewamerican.com, the website, and libertysentinel.org. So, Alex, uh, Russia, Ukraine, uh, there are many who never thought things would continue this, you know, as long as they have. But right now, there's really no end in sight. I mean, uh, we're coming back. I, you know, we're trying to get Congress together. Jim Jordan now is, is not going to go to the third vote. They're going to try and empower, you know, the, the current uh, Speaker Pro Tem uh, to allow business to be conducted on. But uh, one of the things they're talking, not only this aid package for, for Gaza, but they're also talking about additional monies going to Ukraine. Yeah, and again, we we talked about this a little bit in a previous segment. How in the world can we be talking about sending more billions of dollars into this conflict when the U.S. government is beyond broke? There has never been an entity in the history of humanity with as much debt as the U.S. government. They are literally borrowing money from our most dangerous geopolitical adversaries who are waging unrestricted warfare Mm -hmm. on our country to pour into this situation in Ukraine and Russia. Um, it's, it's hard to believe, and yet it's going on. Uh, and I believe what, what's happening here, Jim, there is a very real agenda to use war for sinister purposes. Um, they, they've been working on this for a long time, and, and you can actually see the progression, right? After World War I, they had a major globalist push. They set up the League of Nations. Uh, the only reason that didn't take off as a global government is because the U.S. Senate, very wisely, in my opinion, decided that we would not be participating. In fact, they decided overwhelmingly that we would not be participating. Well, then you got World War II. And out of the ashes of World War II was born the United Nations, was born the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the European Coal and Steel Community, which ultimately morphed into what we today call the European Union, which is the model for the regional governments that they are setting up all across the world. Uh, They're imposing an African Union on the Africans right now, the Union of South American States in Latin America, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. Uh, Putin himself is building the, uh, the Eurasian Union, as we speak, out of the former Soviet states. And as Henry Kissinger explained, the the quest for world order or world government is going to involve, he said this in his book, uh, World Order, the establishing the concept of order within regions and then relating these regional orders to one another. And so they're, they're even trying to do this in the Middle East, actually. There's a nexus here, the Council on Foreign Relations, which is probably the most important institution in the United States that most Americans have not heard of. <laughs> very, very powerful. Hillary Clinton said that's where she gets her marching orders yep. from, yep. lots of Republicans involved as well at the highest levels. Um, they, uh, they've been very close to all of these things, but they had uh, Ed Hassan some years ago put an article in their magazine, Foreign Affairs, saying, you know, uh, the Europeans were able to stop all those wars just by merging together into one super state. They created the European Union. We should use that as a model for the Middle East. We'll put the Arabs and the Jews and the Turks and the Persians, etc., all under one 
regional government. And so this is the path to world order. They understand that war facilitates this. Uh, and they, they've put this on paper, too. Uh, back in the early 1960s, the U.S. State Department commissioned a report. title kind of gave it all away. The world effectively controlled by the United Nations. And the author, uh, Lincoln Bloomfield, a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, explained that uh, with present organic evolutionary trends, it would take hundreds of years to get to their desired objective of a world government. He said the fastest way to accelerate this process to use as a catalyst is war and the threat of war. So we have vested interests, very, very powerful vested interests that want war for the sake of war, because it accelerates the subversion of national sovereignty, it mm. enslaves people to massive amounts of debt, it justifies enormous government, and um, we need to recognize that there are people who actually want more war. And I think yeah. that's how you explain, for example, why is Biden sending all these billions of dollars to Arab governments that very well may use it to wage war on Israel? Well. They want war for the sake of war and for the sake of advancing their objectives. And that also includes advancing fear for the purpose of control. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and just, you can, any person can think about this. You know, your, your kids have died in a war. Your city has been bombed out. There's no groceries. You know, at that point, people are ready to just say you know, whatever it takes right. to make normalcy return. I just right. want to feed my children. I just want to go to the grocery store. Make it stop. Well, we'll make it stop as soon as all the governments, all the nations of the yeah. world surrender power and authority to regional and then global governments. And uh, that's that's what, uh, unfortunately, uh, a very evil group of individuals is working to accomplish as we speak. And, and friends, we're going to sold that all together because what Alex just said here is where things are headed. That's more the big picture. Alex, well, let me just bring in one more nation. Uh, there's so much we could discuss here, but I'd like to bring in uh, Venezuela. Uh, the Biden administration now is easing oil, gas, and gold sanctions on Venezuela. I thought this was a country held by, by uh, you know, communist dictatorship as well. What, what role do we have now in easing oil, gas, and gold sanctions on this country? Yeah, it's amazing, Jim, and it just highlights all of the points that we've tried to make during this broadcast. Venezuela is controlled by a murderous communist dictatorship, a dictatorship that imprisons political dissidents, that executes and assassinates political dissidents, that rigs elections, that tortures its enemies. Uh, these are people who are very closely connected with the Black Lives Matter in our country. They're very closely connected with Hezbollah and Iran, and there's no need for this, Jim. If the U.S. government was acting in the best interest of the American people, and we saw how quickly this could happen under Donald Trump, we could be not only energy independent, we could be exporting oil. We could be exporting gas all over the world in a matter of a year or less mm -hmm. if the U.S. government would just get its boot yeah. off of our neck and allow us to obtain our own natural resources. Why in the world would we want to send precious American money to mass murdering communist dictatorships working with hostile Islamist dictatorships when we have the ability to get that oil out of the ground right here in the yeah. United States, pay high wages to American workers. It only makes sense if you understand that at the highest levels we have people who uh, not only are not acting in our interests, but are acting contrary to our interests for subversive reasons. Yeah, and hence the climate change agenda that's going on, the U.N. conferences that are going on. I know you're getting ready to attend another U.N. conference here, but but it, it, there's a direct connection to what we've been talking about and what's what's in play at the U.N. There is, and uh, I think the climate change agenda is one of the places where you see this most clearly. If these people truly believed what they are telling us, that carbon dioxide, human emissions of carbon dioxide are dangerous pollution that are going to destroy the planet, and that to save us from that, we need to shut down American energy production, the worst possible thing they could do in the world, and you and I have talked about this before, Jim, the worst thing they could do if they truly believed CO2 was dangerous would be to shut down American industry and ship our jobs and our factories and our manufacturing over to communist China. In communist China, they're building coal-fired power plants faster than anybody can even count them. They're popping up everywhere. Every unit of economic production in China releases massively more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere than that very same unit of economic production would in the United States. So they're not destroying our energy infrastructure. They're not keeping our energy resources locked up to save the climate. They're doing it for another reason. And when you take everything that we've just discussed in this program together, it should be very obvious what that reason is. They are working to deliberately undermine not just the U.S. economy, but everything that depends on the U.S. economy, our middle class, 
our military, our national security. This is a very, very strategic and dangerous effort, and it's resulting in the destruction of the United States of America, the dismantling of our economy, and the transferring of our productive yeah. capacity over to China. And it's not just oil, Jim. They're doing it in rare earth minerals. They're doing it in all these different sectors mm -hmm. of the economy that are critical, not just for our economic well-being, but even for our national security. Right? We cannot fight a war anymore without communist Chinese-made components to keep our jets in the sky, to keep our military operating. This was done deliberately, and as the great uh, Secretary of War, uh, James Forrestal, is uh, reported to have said, if these people were merely stupid, occasionally they would make a mistake in our favor, <laughs> right? And what's happening here is everything they do deliberately undermines the United States. This is not stupidity. This is by design. Yeah, it is by design. And so, Alex, that all of this encompasses the big picture here. And, I mean, we, we've covered so many things and so much more we did not get to today. But everything from Hamas to Hezbollah to uh, to China, Russia, Iran. Uh, we, we talked about Venezuela. Uh, uh, we understand Blinken is warning that Azerbaijan may soon and invade Armenia. All of this is going on. We've got that climate change agenda that's going. We've got Bill Gates, you know, working on, on, on new vaccines, testing mRNA vaccines, and on and on this list goes. Uh, banks that are shutting down all, all across this nation. When you put all of this together, Alex, what is the big picture? What, 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 what is the real goal and intent here? Well, I think if you just put it really simply and really blunt, they want a totalitarian one-world government that completely overturns the order and the morality and the, the institutions that God has blessed humanity with. Uh, a lot of those revealed through the Holy Scriptures, uh, some of those revealed even just through the creation, through nature. And you can take everything that God ordains, everything that God says to us, and you flip it upside down, and you get a really good sense of where they're going. It was God's idea to divide human beings up into nations, and th that story is told in Genesis chapter 11. He makes it clear in Deuteronomy chapter 32. He makes it clear in Acts chapter 17. It was God's idea to divide mankind into nations. And when Jesus Christ returns, we're going to have a one-world government, and I'll be the first in line to support it. Mm -hmm. Until then, any effort to unite all the nations of the world under a one-world economic, political, and religious system is from the pit of hell. Then on top of that, they want to dismantle the family. You know, God ordained family. God yes. told us how families should work. They want to dismantle that. Uh, God ordained private property when he said, thou shalt not steal. Uh, they want to overthrow the system of private property and free markets. It, it is essentially a satanic war on God, and because Satan and his minions can never get God, they are going for God's creation, God's creatures, God's people, and we're seeing it manifested in different ways, but I think it should be more and more obvious to people that really this is a spiritual battle. We are battling against powers and principalities, not flesh and blood, and once you understand that, put it into the biblical context, then everything should make sense. Indeed, if we're going to push for this great reset, then we have to collapse everything that we know today. That's right. You got to build back better. Well, to build back better, you got to destroy what was there in the first place. Alex Newman is with us today, friends. Our phone lines are open. Our number 800-733-9829. We don't have time for long speeches. If you have a brief comment, you can call. If you got a question you'd like to ask of Alex, pick up your phone, give us a call. 1-800-733-9829. Again, that's 1-800-733-9829. Alex's uh, personal website is libertysentinel.org. LibertySentinel.org, and uh, it writes for The New American, senior editor for The New American, their website, TheNewAmerican.com. We're going to take a quick break. We'll uh, come right back then and uh, go to the phone lines here on Crosstalk. Uh, the number again, write it down. I see all the lines packed out, 800-733-9829. This is Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. This week we're hearing from liberals, our progressives, whatever you want to call them, from all over the world, crying Israel as an apartheid state, a racist state, an occupier. 
Well, first off, even the Quran says the land belongs to them. But of course, ultimately, the Bible does, God's word. Are they an apartheid state? Are they a racist state? Well, going back to the presidency of George H. Bush, U.S. Senator uh, Rudy Boschowitz, he raised a lot of money as a Jewish businessman and U.S. Senator for Israel to bring black Ethiopian Jews out of Ethiopia who are being persecuted. And that has happened many times with many operations over the years. Really, an apartheid racist state bringing black Ethiopian Jews to the safety of Israel and integrating them into the community. Oh, yeah, and then the Arabs, they can hold office being the Knesset on the Supreme Court. These are the facts many don't know. Friend, there's there's so much at work, so many players in the picture right now, but uh, keep in mind... Uh, for those of you that are just watching, your jaws are dropped open and wondering, where is this all headed? Uh, look in the scriptures. Read the book of Revelation. You'll see where it's headed. And uh, remember that today is a day of acceptance. It is a day of salvation. And if you've not placed your trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, I don't know what's holding you back, but just be observant of the times. And, and friends, recognize that uh, that it is critical to place your trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Confess your sin before him. Uh, Certainly that recognize that Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin on the cross. He paid the debt for you. And by placing your trust in him, not of works, not anything we do, but it's by grace we're saved through faith. Place your trust in him. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to begin with Merle in Tennessee. Merle, you're on the air. Yeah, Jim. The only way to make sense out of any of this is to realize that the man that was groomed to fundamentally transform America is doing just that. His name is Barack Hussein Obama. Biden is making no decisions. He's just window dressing. He just says what he's told to say. we got to remember that Obama, the first thing he did, went to Egypt, and the first speech he gave was to the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. He's a Muslim. That's why all this money is going to the Muslims. And here Americans are going about their daily lives, not knowing that the clock is ticking. Okay, for the life that we know to be taken away. Thank but, you. Uh, it all makes sense if we look at it in that regard. Thank you, Merle. Alex, your comment. Yeah, Barack Obama has certainly been a critical player here. In fact, his background goes back a long way. Um, I did uh, a chapter in a book by a number of conservative journalists where I focused on the origins of his political activism, and he has told us multiple times it began with a focus on the conflict in South Africa during the communist revolution there. Uh, today, you see the South African government is very, very friendly to Hamas. And um, the, again, the, the red-green axis becomes very, very rapidly apparent, where you have communists and jihadists working hand-in-hand. Hand. They're even trying to use some of the same strategies. You note a lot of the leftists uh, continually refer to Israel as an apartheid state, uh, trying to draw a connection with the uh, rather nasty apartheid government in South Africa. Uh, and that is deliberate. That is by design. So, uh, you know, Barack Obama is a key player. Uh, we know from the FBI operative who infiltrated the leadership of the Weather Underground. And for those who don't remember, Barack Obama launched his career in the living room of the founder of the Weather Underground, mm-hmm. Bill Ayers, who helped bomb the Capitol, bomb the State Department. Uh, they bombed uh, the Pentagon. They murdered police officers and then bombed their funerals. So Obama launches his uh, political career for state Senate in the home of Bill Ayers. And the FBI operative, Larry Grathwall, who infiltrated the leadership of the Weather Underground, explained very clearly what they were doing. I encourage people to go watch the segment. It's only about three minutes long. It was an interview he did before he died. He said the leadership of the Weather Underground was working with foreign communist powers, including the communist Cubans and the Soviets and others. And their plan was to collapse the United States, have various communist governments, the Chinese, the Soviets, the Cubans, the North Koreans, each occupy a piece of the United States, And then the really alarming part, they intended to put tens of millions of Americans into a network of concentration camps, primarily across the Southwest, and then exterminate, Larry Grathwell said, at least 25 million Americans who could not be brought around to the new way of thinking. That was 10% of the population. So that's the background of Barack Obama that the media should have told you about, but they hid from you. Dominic in McQuanago, Wisconsin, you're on the air. I really enjoy the interviews between you and Alex. Um, as usual, you wrapped all the information up so splendidly, but I was wondering, in light of your sharing, Alex, that America is in danger from terrorist groups within, even though at this point it doesn't look like an like a active, obvious war on our shores, 
um, and I will preface this by saying that I am for Israel. Will you please share your educated opinion from both a biblical and a constitutional perspective about whether you feel the American military should go actively help defend Israel? Thanks. Thank you. Um, excellent question. Thank you. Now, uh, you know, from a constitutional perspective, I believe Congress has sole authority to declare war. And uh, if the United States is to go to war, I think that needs to be done in a proper manner through the appropriate constitutional channels, and that means Congress must declare war. Uh, this, uh, I think, has several benefits. We don't want a president recklessly taking us into war. And uh, frankly, with the man who would serve as commander-in-chief of that war and with the leadership of the U.S. military, uh, I'm actually not very sure that the U.S. government would be very helpful to Israel in any kind of war against the dangers that they're facing. Uh, I mentioned I was in Israel some years ago. One of the men that I met with was uh, the deputy speaker of the Knesset at the time. I did a, an extended interview with him. We reprinted it word for word in the New American magazine because it was so profound. And one of the things he said to me was, you know what, we actually don't want the American government funding us. We don't want your money. Uh, and it wasn't because he wasn't pro-Israel. It was because he was sick and tired of having the U.S. government try to micromanage the Israeli government's response. His understanding was that the Israeli military was more than capable of defending itself. Um, it's kind of unofficially known that the state of Israel has hundreds of nuclear weapons. Um, despite being a very small country, they are uh, very, very capable of defending themselves if the U.S. government would leave them be and mm. quit forcing them into these kind of traps and corners that they get forced into. So, um, you know, do I believe that the U.S. government should go to war for uh, Israel at this time? I don't believe that. I believe if Americans uh, think that the U.S. government should go to war, we should do that through the proper channels, through the U.S. Congress. And, um, you know, we have a, a plan for that. But I do believe that if Americans feel very passionately about this, uh, there are a lot of options to, to join that battle if they would like. Uh, the IDF is uh, always looking for new recruits. And, uh, you know, I do believe that uh, as Christians, we have uh, an obligation to understand that God has a special role and a special place for uh, the people of Israel. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, but from a constitutional perspective and from the perspective of our founding fathers, I think our founding fathers were very wise that we should not get uh, our government entangled in the affairs of other nations. Now, as for the terrorist threat domestically, I don't believe the federal government's going to be any help on this. Yes, the FBI warned that we may be facing terror attacks soon. They probably don't want to look like a bunch of fools when it happens. But I do believe we're going to need our state and local governments, our state police, our local sheriffs, our local police departments to be very active and very vigilant. Unfortunately, the federal courts and the federal government have largely gutted the intelligence capabilities of our state and local law enforcement. That was a big mistake. And uh, when the chaos breaks out, I don't think we should be looking to the federal government for help. I think we're unfortunately going to have to rely almost exclusively on our state and local authorities. Thank you for the call. And uh, friends, time has run its course, and we have, uh, frankly, run out of time for additional phone calls. Alex Newman, our guest here today on the program, A World in Turmoil, The Big Picture. And uh, if you've learned things from the program today, uh, just a couple hours from now, the link is going to be posted on our website. Take it, share it with others. Let them be informed as well. Let them learn the information that you've learned here on Crosstalk. Alex, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. God bless you. And friends, uh, check out uh, the websites, thenewamerican.com and libertysentinel.org. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.